Bentley get an upset against Green Gully. Oakley cannon their way into the semi-finals. We check out how the NPL2 is shaping up at the tail end of the season. And we pay our respects to a fallen Southern United. Ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 30 of the Semi-Pro Potty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 30 of the Semi-Pro Potty. I am your host, William Chambers, this week and for 29 weeks preceding it, and for the other 29 weeks preceding this really tenuous intro, I have been joined by Branson Gibson, who is sitting to my right this week. Branson Gibson, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Will. How are you doing, mate? Very good indeed. Look, we are here... At the end of our first week of NPL Finals football as a Ooh. semi-pro potty podcast duo. Absolutely are. And 30 episodes as well. The big 3-0. What a fantastic milestone of Didn't think we'd make it past stuff. 10, but we've we've managed to oh, get here. We've cracked um, on nicely. We have, and we've cracked a couple of cold ones. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll crack into some of the games from the weekend because this is, this is probably the most enjoyable podcast I think we've done because we only really had to cover about five or six games across the whole of Victoria, which was kind of good. Yeah, quite a few good ones as well. A lot Very of, good ones. A lot of talking points as well, a lot of interesting discussions to be had, and I am looking forward to it. Excellent. Now we do it every week, kit bag segment. Um, probably something we take way too much pride in on this podcast. No, we, we don't. don't we, no, we don't take enough pride. I think what we do is we put far too much emphasis on kit bag and far too little on, you know, actually knowing things about football. Mm. So it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a dangerous scale that we've got here, I think. Um, but look, Branson, talk me through what you're wearing this week. I am wearing a French national team kit. It is the national team kit that they wore at the 28, t- sorry, 2018 World Cup. Nice kit, dark blue. It's got the classic, what is it, that, that the, design that Nike went for. The audio with waves on the sleeve. Yeah, I mean... It looks good, and I reckon it would look good on its own. The only thing that's a little bit disappointing is how many teams had the same design. I think the Netherlands have a similar one, and Manchester City had it in the Premier League. So that's the only downside, but as a kid itself, quite like it. It's got the one star, only the one star, because they won their second World Cup, so it is slightly dated in that respect. But, you know, French flag on the back. Their logo's a rooster. Lovely. I quite like it. It's got a, not a collar, but it's got a button. I do appreciate yeah. that. It's a simple, good kit. Like it's a yeah, it's a good kit. Worn by a team that I kind of don't really respect throughout the ages of football. I think like my fondest memories of France as a national team was probably the 06 World Cup. Yep. But purely because you know Zinedine Zidane headbutted like yes. an Italian, and that's yep. what we all wanted to do at that World Cup. So I don't really like. I don't really like their team. You know, we were seeing we were talking to French fans after the Kazan game and. They don't really care about their own team half the time until they get to the finals and then they start caring. I'm like, oh, you're just a plastic country that gave up a little bit too easily in World War Two. Accurate. Yeah. Accurate, brutal, but, you know, mm. I was sort of surprised that their team actually won the World Cup. Because, Me too. Well, I mean, like, they've been good for a number of recent years, but then when it's come to major tournaments, they've just kind of not won it. Sort of sort of like the Netherlands. Yeah. Or Belgian, been... even. Like, good yeah. players, but not necessarily, yeah, like... But going to win it. But. Yeah, but anyway, moving on from the French kit, because 
I'm going to talk about what you're wearing, mate. What have you got on? I'm wearing one of Branson's kits because I didn't really prepare properly this week. So I was at work without a kit and I wasn't going to run down to like Rebel Sport and get some shitty Juventus <laughs> jersey or something. So I'm wearing, and I'm always concerned about the pronunciation of it. Is it Eritrea or Eritrea? I think it's Eritrea. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I'm wearing an Eritrea jersey. It's one of the AMS jerseys, which I'm a big fan of. Um, I love it. It's a golf nation, pretty much. Um, And it's one of those... It's quite unique, where we're sort of bemoaning the French kit for being a standard Nike template that they kind of made fit for every single Nike team at the World Cup. This is unique. It's lovely. It's got like a, a almost like... It's a tricolour stripe down, like, one side of the jersey. Um, beautiful colour scheme. White, predominantly green, red, and blue. Bit of a gold badge on it, which is, I believe, off of the flag. Yeah, coat of arms. Sort of like a branch yeah. and a wreath. Yeah. Or a tree. Yeah, it's great. Good kit. And I, I mean, generally speaking, you and I are quite big fans of AMS, simply because, as you said, it is something different. It's not off the templates and pretty... Uh, not necessarily outrageous, but some different designs. Some are more outrageous than others, but, you know, the other thing I like is the uh, the green, red, and blue on the sleeve, sleeve yeah, as well. Yeah, nice little bit of piping there. Big fan. Um, So, that's pretty much kit bag done. Let us turn our gaze towards what was a pretty cracking round of elimination finals. Yes. So, the two games that we had were Oakley versus Hume and Green Gully versus Bentley. Oakley being the form team, I'm going to kick us off with them because yep. it's a weird one where... So, Oakley Cannons won 2-0 against Hume City on the weekend. And on paper, you go, yep, that's that's right. You know, that's... Oakley unbeaten in what was it, like 16-odd games. Yep. Going into an elimination final against Hume, who I think played midweek as well. They've, yep. they've done some good cup runs this year. Won the Doherty Cup. Still in the FFA Cup. Correct. So they're, they're sort of a, a formidable opponent when it comes to those one-off elimination games. Oh, yeah, pressure situation, yep. yep. Um, and you look at it and you're like, yeah, okay, Oakley Cannons at home, win 2-0, that's fine. But this game was a lot closer than that scoreline dictates. So, you know, the thing that we loved was we both got out of the car at um, in Oakley and the second we stepped out of the car, you could hear the Turkish fans. You could hear yeah, them the, like a good couple fans. of streets away. Yep. Um, and it was great. So, you know, great support by the travelling Hume fans. Made a really good atmosphere. There was a good turnout from the home fans as well. It was really good. Um, and then the game started, and it had this really high tempo to it. It was really fast. Lots of endeavour. A lot of sort of one-touch passes trying to get in behind. Um, lots of sort of brave decision-making from both teams. I'd say Oakley started the better of the two teams. Um but only very briefly, you know, Hume then started to take control of the first half. There were two absolutely outstanding saves from Honos. I think one of them was um, from James Brown. It was a header that yep. was sort of tipped over. Then there was like a deflected shot that was or maybe deflected, maybe not deflected, that was like dipping in and it's a very acrobatic save. So you look at those two chances and if one of those goes in, Hume City have a well-deserved lead. But it was just before the halftime break, Wade Decker broke the deadlock. Um, I think it was like 43-odd minutes in. Um, so that gave Oakley a kind of surprise lead. I wouldn't say they didn't deserve it because it was quite an even first half. But if not for those two very serious, well, seriously good chances by Hume, there was not too much drama in front of goal. And so I thought 
Hume City would have gone in at half-time going, you know what, that's unlucky, we'll suck that one up. Half-time team talk probably doesn't change too much, it's just keep doing what you're doing and we'll eventually score. Come out in the second half and then not but two minutes later, I think it was Fushini um, got on the end of a little bit of a scrappy ball in the penalty area. And then that's 2-0 to Oakley Cannons. And the rest of the half didn't play like a 2-0 though. Like you really, I really did feel like Hume City were going to score... And if they were going to score, then it was going to give them enough belief to chase down that 2-0 lead. Maybe take it to extra time. Maybe it'll go to penalties, something along those lines. But Oakley did absolutely everything they needed to do. You know, they kind of broke up play. It got a little bit tetchy there for a bit. There was a yellow card. I can't remember who to for Oakley. But, oh, like, you look at it on the replay. At the ground, I thought it was fine. It's a shove behind play. So the ball, I think, has been cleared up the line and then... One of the Oakley players pushes the Hume City player, like, pretty close to the face, behind play, and you're like, it's... I've seen it given a red before, but I'm kind of glad it wasn't. And that could have changed the dynamic. Oakley would have been down to 10 if that was a red, but, you know, it was a really good end to the game. I think seven-odd minutes of injury time because the Hume City goalkeeper was injured for a good five minutes of the second half. Yeah, weird, and he ended up coming off as well, I believe. Yeah. He was replaced in the end. And it was just one of those ones where you look at it and you're like, okay, this is a really quite close close game, but the final whistle goes and it's 2-0 to Oakley Cannons, and you're like, well, they've just done it. So it was a very clinical win by Oakley. Hume City, I don't think, did too much to lose this game. Uh, I actually thought they played really well and they probably deserved, you know, something out of it, but it's an elimination final and you don't get points, you get eliminated. Yes, yes, accurate. Uh, I just... I don't know, I feel like the second goal really kind of put the game to bed. I know you said that like it didn't really feel like a 2-0 game, but watching it, I don't know. I think Hume, mainly because I think cause Hume kept playing. Well, yeah, but like, you know, Hume, as you said in the first half, they created a bunch of chances, but from my perspective, watching the game, once it was 2-0, you go, nah, this is, this is over. Yeah. It, it sort of felt like, I know people say, oh, 2-0... Oh, two goal it's the leads. most dangerous scoreline Well, yeah, in football, but, but yeah. I, I've never really sort of agreed with that. Like, I see the logic behind it, but, you know, from this game's perspective, I thought the 2-0 lead, lead make it seem like there was a, a huge gulf that Hume had to overcome to get back into this game. And, you know, we saw in the first half and for most of the second half, they struggled to score. So it, I struggled to see how they were going to get two goals to tie it up. Yeah, you know, like, and 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 that's and, where I think the one goal would have given them belief, maybe, well, exactly. and it could yeah. have done something, but it just didn't. It didn't happen on the, on the night. We'll get to the fixture that gets set up by this result, because obviously we've got another elimination final to go through. Branson, you do you do you go to this game or did you just no, watch it? No, I didn't go to it, but did watch it. Yeah, it was the Green Gully Bentley Greens game. Yeah, and gotta say, pretty surprising result. It. It was, because, I mean, we were talking last week and, you know, we're sort of thinking about it. This one seemed, well, Bentley have been sort of nowhere the past few weeks, you know. Their run of form is almost the exact opposite to Oakley. Oakley coming in, what was it, 16 games undefeated. Bentley had not looked good. And, you know, coming into the finals off the back of a 3-0 thumping at the hands of Avondale, which they looked basically lifeless, you know. Mm. There wasn't a... Not a lot from that game that they could take out of in a positive manner. So you're looking at this fixture. I think we were both talking about it last week. You're going, you know, Green Gully at home, right to roll. And we both quite like Green Gully. 
So the result here, obviously, is surprising. I mean, the first thing was the game was played in absolutely beautiful conditions. Saturday, the it weather was, was on day, point. wasn't it? Absolutely. I know it wasn't quite spring yet then. It was like the last days of winter, but yep. that was a spring day. Yeah. That was glorious. Yep. So summer was out. Everything was great. Uh, Gully, I thought, started the better of the two teams. They had most of the early chances. You know, all those those danger men that we sort of talked about, Kamara, Salmon, Fletcher, all had chances. I thought Gully probably deserved to have a goal. They looked more threatening. Bentley, though, a peach of a goal late in the first half. Gave them the lead heading into the brain. I think it was Daniel Steins curled in a shot to what I thought was against the run of play. I mean, Bentley had looked sort of threatening a little bit, but uh, Gully, I thought, sort of controlled possession more and sort of controlled the tempo and looked more dangerous. They looked more, more likely. But uh, obviously, you know, a goal right before the break, not ideal for Gully. Bentley, I reckon, would have been more than happy to take a lead into the break. Uh, they almost doubled it straight out of the blocks in the second half. Um, a chance, I think, was only 30 seconds in that was well saved by... Oh, I've forgotten the Green Gully goalkeeper's name off the top Mike of my head. Jared Tyson? No, it's not. Jared Tyson, Tyson is the one. I think it is. Uh, anyway, he made a good save. If it's not at mention us on Twitter, we, yeah. we get things wrong every week. Yeah, so absolutely. it's just becoming like a bit of fun. Absolutely. <laughs> I think it's him. Anyway, uh, that I thought was Bentley's... Second best chance of the second half. Their best chance didn't come until later. But after that, again, I thought Green Gully controlled the game. I thought they had better passages. They had probably too many specific chances for me to break down and, and, and talk about every single one. But they had a combination of Salmon, Kamara, Fletcher. I think Brennan had a shot in there as well. A lot of players looking threatening. But I don't know what it was. Sort of similar to the Hume game, I thought, where they just couldn't find a way through. The yeah. best, they, they, they had a moment where, I think it was Yankovic for Bentley, one of the defenders. He really stepped up. He had a huge moment uh, midway through the second half where he made two blocks on the goal line to deny Gully. I think there was like a, a strike from from range that he blocks and then it fell to another Gully player who then had another strike that he then headed away. So Great. for a defender to make a double save on the goal line was was crazy. Uh, I think it was only a few minutes later, a red card for Bentley looked like it might just sort of change the game a little bit as well, reduced to 10 men. And from there, you're sort of thinking, all right, here we go. Gully have been controlling the game. Now they have a man advantage to go with, you know, what I thought was control of the game. Uh, but it didn't It didn't really come through that. A, a whole bunch more chances. I thought Kamara had a really good one. Uh, the Bentley keeper came streaming out of the box. Kamara got there first, sort of had a first-time shot from range, empty net that went wide. Um, Bentley, though, as I mentioned before, they had two good chances. Their last one, Lamb Batteridis, had a shot. Well, he, well, I don't know if you'd classify it as a shot, but with about five minutes to go, perfect chance to stitch it up. Sort of a cutback across the goal, wide open net, and he sort of muffed a shot from the cutback when all he really had to do was tap it in. Uh, Tempers... It was one of those ones where we say that you and I could have finished it, oh. and we like we genuinely could have. Yeah, yeah, we we also could have done absolutely could have done exactly the same thing. Whereas the ball sort of rolling across him, and he goes to right footed, and then he just sort of missed times. It looks like it comes off his heel, so you just go, that's a little bit semi-professional. That's a little shit. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Tempers did also flare late two red cards. Kamara, your boy, was shown a red card late on. 
and Bentley hung on for the one nil win. It's um, a pretty surprising win. Like I think the result when I saw it, I was surprised because their form was terrible. It was away, and they've just done enough. It, it's a really interesting one where you know obviously we'll, we'll get to the games in a bit, but it's one of those ones where I, I can't see Bentley going through next round. Like I, I cannot see well, them. Well, we sort of we sort of mentioned it last week where you know form and you know the hot tip, so to call it, would be. Gully beating Bentley. Like, that just seemed like it was the logical thing to happen. But, you know, Bentley, sort of similar to to Heidelberg, you know, in the title race, where it's like, you know, old faithful being there, done it before. When the chips are down, they come up with it. And I think to sort of sum it up, for Green Gully, when they were attacking, things just sort of weren't falling their Mm. way. Sort of similar to Hume, where whether it was a good good save... save Or, like, you know, a little bit of an unlucky, like, bobble of the ball that doesn't yeah, fall your way. Yeah, or, you know, a bad touch or a poor touch that sort of diffuses the dangerous chance or even, like, a shot in a dangerous position where they just don't make contact as well. Alex Salmon had a whole bunch of, of chances, whether his shot was blocked or scuffed or whatever. I mean, they just couldn't make the most of them in the end. I mean, they had more shots and they had a ton more corners, which sort of showed in terms of balance of play that the ball was down their end. But, I mean, for Bentley... They didn't have too many chances, but the ones they had, they took, apart from land batteries, but it turns out it didn't matter. You don't get goals for not taking chances. A goal is only as good as the mentality you have when you take the shot. Right. And Bentley had one mentality more than Green Gully. Does that make a lot of sense to you? Not even Because it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It makes no sense to me. It's like late on a Monday night, everyone. Um, But what this does mean is we have got... Semi-finals locked and loaded. Woo! And this is a goodie, because I think there is a dead rubber in this semi-final, and that is Bentley versus Heidelberg. What do you mean by dead rubber? I don't think that that is going to be an entertaining game at all. I think Heidelberg will walk it in the park, and it will be sweet. Now, Bentley, go and make an ass of me and turn this one into a game. But I think Heidelberg absolutely have got one foot and, like, you know, maybe some laces and a sock and a, a bit of a boot in in the in the final. Yeah, yeah. So I think Heidelberg are looking at that, going, "Great, this is working perfectly for us." On the other hand, Avondale have got Oakley. Now I know it's kind of a stupid thing to say, but Oakley are obviously the informed team. They are the ones that who's going to who's going to be able to beat them. We don't know. Obviously, Avondale wanted to finish first, yeah, because then you are premiers. Yes, but. It's now kind of like they are now getting stung in the tail because A, they finished second, which is heartbreaking as it is. Yep. But by finishing second, it means they have to take on Oakley, yes. which is like the highest ranked team, well, the, high, the most informed team to meet in the finals. Yeah, well, the, fin- the final system here is a little bit weird where second faces the highest remaining team. So, like, we really yeah. didn't know. It wasn't like, you know, in the AFL where you sort of have the bracket and you, yeah. you can sort of line it up and sort of see who's going to play who. I reckon it'll be interesting that Avondale-Oakley won't... I mean, we'll talk about it more in the preview, but Avondale were the last team to beat Oakley. So Oakley have won 16 or 17 in a row now. Avondale were the last team to beat them. Mm. And to be fair, they... I don't know if they should have... Well, we were at the game, the 4-3. I don't know if Avondale should have beat them, but I thought Avondale played poor that night and then lost on a last-minute winner. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting, that's for sure. 
I it think, will I, be I interesting. Think... It will be interesting. And obviously, you know, there's been a lot of talk of Avondale throughout the week with the whole leaked documents thing on Twitter, which, you know, we can't really go yeah. into because you work for Avondale and it's something that we just sort of, like, there's a lot of he said, she said, no statements really been made by anyone and it's... It's nothing too. It's nothing concerning at this stage for mine. But what it is is it's a distraction, and yep. like the last thing that I think you want ahead of this is a distraction. And you know, for Avondale to like, I think Avondale, like you sort of said, then Avondale on the day very capable of beating Oakley, but it's just a bit annoying that that day happens to be the week after. There's a bit of a you know. Uh, you know, sort of a club yeah, not well, scandal, but like a little bit of uh, attention the club probably didn't want upon it. Yeah, well, and, well, well, Avondale, you know, so for those who haven't seen, a document was published during the week showing, or sorry, a, a, re- reportedly showing the entire wages yeah. of all the Avondale players, every one of their senior players, and yeah. all of their senior staff and their under 20 staff. Yeah. So I know you said that I work for Avondale, so I can't say too much about it. I don't believe the document is real. I have no idea as yeah. to as to that. I don't think anyone really knows for sure whether it's real or not. But you know, Avondale have that image of being like the money club. So, Which are, yeah, so, I so just you don't see think something problem, like that come yes. out. But yes. you know, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, like you said, how they bounce back. You know, the chips are down. We saw in the Heidelberg game, the chips were down and they collapsed. You know, late yeah. on in the season, the chips were down a whole bunch of times when they had a shot to try to clinch the title. So it'll be interesting. It will be interesting, and you said it as well, we'll go into it in more detail in the previous section, so let's jump ahead because we did have some WNPL. Um, So, the really sad news that we have to report is that Southern United lost, um, but they did do something quite miraculous, and they did (laughs) concede four goals, and that took them over the 200 mark for the year. So they have, is it a goal difference now of 202? Or goals against? Goals... Goal difference of minus two. Oh, actually, that's a really good question. I'm not yeah. sure. Allow me to bring I up the table. I think it might be goals against of 202. Goal difference of over 200 well, 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 in they, a league of, like, what, 28 well, they only, games? They only scored four. Okay, yes. Yeah, so they conceded, yeah, conceded two, 202. But their goal difference was minus 198. So let's be honest. That is not much better. No. Um, South Melbourne. Scored a remarkable last-ditch winner in the 93rd minute. This was lovely. Big scenes there. Beat Heidelberg, so it was a good little bit of a derby there. A yep. little bit of Ooh, spice. It was a finals preview. Yeah, it totally was. Um, so that win, I think, South Melbourne, they got jumped up into fourth, didn't they? Yes, correct. Yep, so they jumped Box Hill and, and Heidelberg, Heidelberg yep. in that result. So yes. that was really cool. Uh, like a bit of final day drama. Yep. Um, well, other- Pain, painful for Heidelberg as well because it looked like it was destined for a draw and I believe a draw would have been enough for Heidelberg to make the finals yeah. had, had that result stayed the same. Late goal, big drama. Yep. Well, I think Joey Lynch was on the mic for that one. It was yeah, quite cool. Uncertain. Yep. <laughs> uncertain. Yeah, I'm not. Confirm. I'm not. Well, but ha- well, Heidelberg, you know, they're on the, the right end of a late-ditch winner in the men's league in the second last round to sort of clinch a miraculous result. Oh, yeah, so they're starting to do it late. Well, but then on this time, they're on the flip side, so they've had the, the, oh, yes, the ecstasy of scoring a late winner to clinch something mighty impressive, and this time on the receiving end, unfortunate for them. Oh, well, good riddance. Um, <laughs> Bulleen, they put five past senior NTC. Geelong Galaxy scored two, but it was to no avail against Calder, who decided to put six past them. Um, Calder are just, you know... 
Very the best good. team in the league yep. by quite a distance. Uh, Bayside, three, Alamein, one. Box Hill, four, Southern United, nil. That was the big result of the weekend for those of you who really care about Southern United. Um, did we mention it last week as well, how Southern United, there was a statement made around well, no, Southern United well, and... Well, no, I think that came out this week, so that's what yeah. I was just going to bring up. Yeah, so. cool. So we've often been thinking about it throughout the year, but uh, they are reducing the size of the WNPL, I think, back down to eight. Yeah, well... And well, the two franchises who will drop down t- and not be coming back up is Southern United and Senior NTC? No, no, Geelong Galaxy. Geelong Galaxy, yeah. yes. Geelong Galaxy and Southern. Yeah, so I think... I'm pretty sure that all the licences were just up for review at yep. the end of this season. And so, obviously, Football Victoria have had a look and decided that Southern United and Geelong Galaxy, for whatever reason, we don't, don't know. Don't box yet. Yeah, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't fulfil the requirements. I mean, imagine if we were the people who set what the rules were and we were like... Uh, okay, yeah, they finished dead last two years in a row, but they did concede over 200 goals, so that's good for the league. And we also think they have the best <laughs> kit, you know? Yeah, so that, that is a required um, element. The clubs are not, as far as I'm concerned, the clubs are not folding. The clubs are just going no, down division. State League yes, 1. Exactly. State League 1, yes. So I believe that the statement said, you know, they're open to re-enter yep. the league at some stage, but two teams will not be coming up. And so. I think it makes sense, given the golf in class of some of these teams. Um, so... You know, there is just a big jump from the top to the bottom, and I think Southern United being dropped is not too bad. Geelong Galaxy, it's a weird one. Probably distance is not their friend there, but, you know, I think what it does is it just means that there w- there's less clubs in the WMPL at the top, but I think what it means is that there might be a little bit more quality in the WMPL, not to yeah, you know, besmirch, so. you know, yeah, the names well- of... You know, Southern United, but no one wants to go out and leak 10 goals a week. It doesn't make you a better footballer. It doesn't make your club better. It's it's not great for anyone. No, and I think Senior NTC survived because they are a, a development squad of some sort. So that's probably the thing that, that, that saved them. And, you know, Southern United, 27 games, 27 losses, four goals for 202 against. You know, you can't really... You can't You really can't argue with that. Enough. And as you said... Just about the same last year, so hopefully, yep. hopefully though they'll be back and yeah, we'll see how it goes. There's still promotion relegation, isn't there? In the NPL, no, no, there isn't. Nope, terrible. Nope. So Southern got relegated from a league with no relegation. Oh man, and yet Central Coast are still in the A League. Yes, what a shame. Yes. Um, let's jump to NPL two though, because right. we've got a little bit of a little bit of drama going on there. Yep. Not drama, but just like a, a bit of a wrap up. Well, we don't go into it enough. No, well, things are heating up. So last week was the second last weekend of NPL two action. So they're heading into the last round this weekend. So yep. that'll be mighty tasty. Yep, we're gonna keep going. Well, we got the NPL two yeah. East and the NPL two West. Which one do you want to talk about, mate? Um, I'm trying to. Think I'll make of the decision which one. for you. No, because I want to. Uh, which one's St Albans in? St. They're Albans in the West. West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go through. Yeah, because St Albans has got. You know, I think the, I think the West is the right way to look at it because it's got our boys, Maul and Zebras, who are our boys. Are they? I think they are. We like Great. zebras as a yes animal and a mascot. Yes. So we did say that. Yep. Go run it. Run us through NPL Two West, my friend. All right, NPL Two West. So as you said, St Albans they currently sit on top. They had a huge win on the weekend against Werribee City. Uh, the Bees led 1-0 at the break, but two goals in the second half saw the Saints secure a crucial win, and it's crucial because it means they are now two points clear of the Moreland Zebras 
our boys, apparently. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they are on top of the league, so they're in line for automatic promotion. Uh, the win also means that they are guaranteed to at least make the playoffs. So they yes. can't drop down to third. So if nothing else, they will face off against an NPL 2 East team for the playoff on the final day, which would be very exciting. Anyway, uh, Moreland, they are still a chance to finish top, uh, but things are very sort of iffy with them. So they are two points behind St. Albans. I think they're only three points ahead of Werribee. So they're a chance where they could finish on top or they could fall out of that uh, playoff spot altogether. Uh, Werribee's lost to St. Albans. I mean, that puts them behind the eight ball. Things are outside of their control now if they want to make the playoff final. So we'll see how that goes at the bottom end of the table. So this I like is... the bottom end of the table. The bottom end of the table is good. Well, the bottom end of the table in this instance is quite weird. So what, they, what they're doing this year is they're transferring or transforming next year, sorry, the league, so it's completely linear. Yeah, so we're not having an East and West division. No, no, so they're creating an NPL 3. So to do that, I think it's the bottom four teams from the East get relegated, the bottom four were relegated. The yeah. bottom four teams from the West get relegated. They go on to form the NPL 3. I think two state league teams come up. So, so it's 10 in NPL 2... I know this is a stupid thing for me to say in episode 30, but how many teams are there in the NPL? 14. 14, yeah, great. So 14, are they going to do 10 and 10? I believe so. Or are they going to so. do 14, 12 and 10? Uh, I believe it'll be 14, 10, 10. Yeah, because that would make sense. I think 10 is a good number. Oh, because... no, maybe not, actually, because that'll be 12. No, it'll be 12. 14, yeah. 12. 14, 12. Terrible at maths. We know we know this all year, but... It's... But that's kind of good, because... I reckon you've got a top six, you've got a top six, and then you've got top four. What are the top four? For, like, playoffs and finals and shit. Gotcha. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> you looked absolutely no, spent because I thought, I thought you were saying that the top six survived, because that's what it is. The top six of the East survived, the yeah. top six of the West survived. And so you said that. I'm like, yep, great. You're, you're on point. And then you said the top four. I'm like, what top four? <laughs> you're like, what? I'm like, is there a third league? Anyway, yes. So, the bottom end of the table. So, the victory in Ballarat City confirmed going down. They will yeah. be in the MPL 3. Then it's a big battle. you got Geelong SC and Brunswick City, who are both... Which is a weird one, because Brunswick City, like, they were in MPL not too long ago, were they? No, no. Yes, they were sorry. Lost. Yes, yes, yeah. they were. Sorry, yeah. is what I meant. Yes. And worded it poorly. <laughs> uh, so, they will face off... With each other. Sorry, again, lost my complete train of thought then. So confused as to my yes, no, yes, no. Anyway, so you've got Geelong SC taking on Brunswick City. Uh, they're both currently at risk of being relegated, so whoever wins that will survive. Uh, Whittlesea Rangers are also in danger of being relegated. So two of those three, Geelong, Brunswick and Whittlesea, will go down. The winner of the Geelong SC and Brunswick City game will survive. But jumping back up to the MPL2 East, William. Um, look, Eastern Lions, they look pretty much set to finish on top. Clinch promotion, which will be good. And it's sort of like promotion, but not promotion. It's sort of there or thereabouts. So they're going up automatically. Yep. Correct? Um, three points clear, second place, Bulleen. Um, they've got a goal difference in favour as well. It's not a massive goal difference, but it will keep them in good stead, I feel. Bulleen are locked to finish at least second. Um, so they are six points clear of Northcote City. Um, Bulleen are going to be playing Goulburn Valley and Eastern Lions will play Lang Warren. Lang Warren? Lang Warren. Yes. Yeah. 
spot the gun not from Victoria. And where I was happy that Melbourne Victory were being relegated, uh, Melbourne City are also being relegated, I believe. Um, Murray United, Box Hill and Springvale. Uh, they're all going down to the new NPL3 league that we sort of spoke about. So, what I like about that, though, NPL3, Melbourne Derby. Yes, well, but that raises an interesting point, because the City and the Victory NPL teams are meant to be sort of like, you know, your youth development squads. So, how much youth development is going on if they're in the third tier of Victorian football? Like, I would have thought, I, I don't know, I'm not saying that they should necessarily have automatic we cannot get relegated status but i would have thought that they would definitely benefit in terms of like when we're talking about australian and victorian football like on a whole that they would really benefit from being a higher up playing better opposition it's a really it's a really weird one though because you what you see in europe is you see the best like like liverpool and you know those those top clubs they have got like a reserves league and Traditionally, it doesn't breed good talent because there's no competition to it. So, like, I kind of like the idea of teams having to fight for relegation and promotion that are like the academy teams because yeah. then they get put in real match situations where, like, you know, you've got to have bottle in 80-plus minutes to score late winners to keep you alive. So, I kind of like the idea of academy players learning what it feels like to be relegated. The weird thing is, is that if you do too well in the academy, you're obviously just going to be shipped off to, like, either another club or moved back to the parent club. And so, as, like, you know, Melbourne City, I think, could never, ever go to a point of, like, NPL or something because if they were too good for NPL, the players are probably going to go. Well, well, the victory team used to be in the top flight yeah, exactly. a few years ago. Yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, as you said, it's an... It's a tricky one where I don't think it's as simple as they should always be in the NPL too. But I think for like, in terms of the A-League development and, you know, the development yeah. of young players, they should be playing at a higher level, not necessarily NPL. And as, I, for, and, and as you said, more, yeah. you know, if they haven't earned it, but then it's such a weird one. Yeah, I don't know. I'm much, I don't know. I much more like the idea of having like club relations. So Melbourne City has got a sister club partnership or something with like, I don't know, fucking St. Albans or something. And so, you yeah. know, they kind of ship out some of their players yeah. and say, hey, give these guys game time. And, and maybe it's like with multiple leagues, like multiple clubs in league. Yeah. I don't know. But well, like... See, that's an interesting one because that's sort of like almost what the AFL did in the VFL. Yes. So like, you know... Well, North- even in Adelaide, a lot of the Melbourne, um, a lot of the Melbourne Demons boys um, played for Red Legs. Uh, Norwood Redlegs over in SANFL. There was right. a big feeder club there. Right. A lot of my mates sort of played for them and stuff, and it was always like, if they were going to go to AFL, they were going to go to the AFL via the Demons. Well, but the interesting trend with the AFL-VFL is like, you know, you had AFL teams who had like partnerships with VFL sides. So like, yeah. I go for North Melbourne, they had partnerships with North Ballarat and Werribee. Yeah. Melbourne had Casey. And I like that. And, and like, that was good, but like, we've now seen that a lot of, uh, a lot of teams have actually moved away for that yeah. and and just opted for a straight reserve side with the idea being that was sort of more in their control. So I don't know, like, you know, that's what the City and the Victory have. So, like, that's certainly certainly interesting. But, I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but it's sort of... it's See where we go. We'll, I like, And we'll see how they yeah, go in NPL 3. Yeah. Because they could dominate. They could not dominate. Who knows? It's yeah. another season and it's so far away. I really need a break from football at some point, Brands. So no, it's exhausting. Um... Still not going to have a break in the podcast yet, nope. though, because we had some FFA Cup. I'm going to say Game Lazos last week. Yep. That's terrible. No, it works. Um, I'll pay it. So, Hume City. Woo! Representing Victoria yep. in the shit old state of South Australia. Yep. 
beat Adelaide Olympic, 3-1 away. Yep. Not even a bloody concern on the face of the Hume City players because well, they just rocked up, smash and grab, out the door, come back for an elimination final. They did get pumped in, but... Well, I was going to say, well, the slight concern was Adelaide led 1-0 and Hume said, not so fast, we're going to bang three past you. Yep. Um, Brisbane Raw and Central Coast played out and I always hate pre-season friendly raw Central Coast, like two A-League teams playing against each other, one of them being Central Coast. Um, Mariners won on penalties, and that put them through, so I think they're coming to play... Are they playing Hume or Moreland here? Uh, They're playing Hume, but we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Um, And then Brisbane Strikers put a solitary goal past Manly United. Very good. They're through. And Western United versus... uh, Sydney United versus Western Sydney Wanderers, which was the big old Sydney Dubs. Yep. That looked pretty damn good. But it was a 7-1 drubbing to Western Sydney Wanderers. Um, So that was really good. And the quarterfinal fixtures that we've got, I'm pretty happy with these fixtures, actually. So we've got Hume hosting Central Coast. Yep. Which, that's... They're get-attable. Like, Central Coast are get-attable for Hume. Well, I think this is, like, the first time Central Coast have made the... Quarterfinal since like 2014. They only beat an NPL opposition for the first time in like three years this year. So, you know, Central Coast, they're always seem to be ripe for rolling. Yeah. Um, Adelaide United will be playing off against Newcastle Jets. Look, I really like Adelaide United at the moment. I think they're playing, which seems like we've solved our problem over the last like, five years of just not having a striker. Yeah. And so, but I don't want like an, I don't want an A League team to win again. But if there's going to be an A League team that wins it, I'm pretty happy it's Adelaide United. Um, then, so the, that is the Tuesday night fixes, actually. I should have said that's Tuesday the 17th of September. We got that, those yep. fixes on. So lock it in your diary. We're heading out to Hume. Um, Melbourne City will be taking on Western Sydney Wanderers on the Wednesday. So that'll be quite good. Um, again, two teams. It's an A-League preseason friendly. I don't really care. Despite. Well, but I think, I think once you get to here, the quarterfinals, where teams will start caring, it's sort of like the FA Cup and the League Cup. Like, you see it in, in England, once you get past, like, the, the early stages. 16, yeah, yeah, once you start sort of getting closer to finals, the teams sort of start paying a little bit more attention. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I think, it, I think it will mean something. And that's, you know, we're getting quite... Well, I just don't think it close. means anything because, like, it, are they going to play that game at Amy Park? Because yes. that game should not be played at Amy Park, yeah. in my mind. Well, there's no real penalty for losing. It's sort of like, you know, if you lose, you go, ah, oh, it's not the worst. But if you win it, you're like, yeah, here we go. Yeah, so it'll totally. be interesting. The last one, though. Big one. Brisbane Strikers host, oh, boys, Moreland Zebras. They're going on the road. Brisbane Strikers, good team. Very proud in Queensland football. I think it's a really good fixture for them to go, hey, we're going to make it through to the semis. Because if they had been drawn against Melbourne City or Western Sydney or Adelaide United or Newcastle Jets or even Central Coast, you know, there's such a golfing class there. But they've got Brisbane strikers well, and I think they could take them. Well, that was, well, the draw was set up that way so that there was at least two, uh, what do they call member federation teams that had to face off yeah. against each other. A uh, couple of things I just want to jump back. Shout out for Hume City, Marco Delich who scored a hat-trick. Yes. So he scored three goals for Hume City. Good uh, cup hattie. Absolutely. And also the Sydney United-Western Sydney one. I watched that game. Very interesting where, I don't know, like the scoreline is a bit deceptive. It sort of sort of does really kind of highlight the golfing class yeah. between the two sides. But I think it was, what was it? It was 3-1 at half time. Sydney United had a ripper chance just after the break. Could have made it 3-2. There was a superb save by the Wanderers goalkeeper that 
you know, preserve the 3-1 lead. And after that, you know, Western Sydney never looked back. But it could have been a heck of a lot closer than what it ended up being. So that's the only thing that I uh, I will say with that one. But, gee whiz, what a, what a result. But great, great crowd there as well. You know, you saw the Sydney United fans, the Western United fans. Uh, sorry, Western, Western United. Western, Western as well, Sydney, yeah. Like full bays worth. And he's sort of going like, here we go. Like, this is quite good. I think there's, we're now, every time we see something like that, we don't say magic of the cup. We say, that's a second division waiting to be done. Yeah. You know, like we're really starting to turn into anyone. Anyway, everyone, that is the end of part one. Again, we just have so few games to talk about, but we seem to manage to run for like 40 minutes in the preview section no, every good week. Chat. Good chat. Join us back for a moment where we're going to go through the lighter side of football, talk about some of the things we liked and didn't like in episode 30 of Seven Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part two of episode 30 of the Semi-Pro Potty. We're going to loosen the belt, sit back in our chairs, relax and talk about a little bit of football from around the globe that made us smile, made us cringe, made us cry, made us, I don't know, any other sort of adjectives you can think of. Got one? Not one that's appropriate. Were you going to say wank? No. Okay, good. Glad. Yeah. That's not, I didn't mean... In terms of the one that I had was inappropriate. I meant I didn't have an adjective that would fit the situation properly. Yeah, well, wank is one of them. So is there it? we go. I got Terrible. to say wank twice, three times on a podcast. I'm very yeah. happy with that. Great. Um, that's so semi-professional. We go through it every week. What do we see from around the world that was a little bit shit? Branson. Well, so you mentioned around the world. The one that I saw takes us to Nigeria and to Ireland. So... Classic, you see, you sort of see this all the time where fans tweet or people tweet out, you know, at clubs, uh, who else, like celebrities, whatever, saying, oh, if I do this, what do I get? How anyway, many retweets to get a date to yeah, my prom with you? Yeah, or, or likes yeah. or whatever. Anyway, so a fan tweeted to Irish club Cork City asking for a trial. He asked how many retweets he'd need for them to give him one. So the fan was in Nigeria. Uh, the club, <laughs> Cork City, said that he would need to get 50,000, uh, and the guy got it. He got it. He got 50,000 retweets. And now- Did he buy them? Because I recently showed you the trick lately where you can buy Twitter followers. Yeah, you can. No idea. No idea. But they're now genuinely bringing him over for a trial, for a trial Cork City are. So he got it, and they've put out tweets saying, hey, yep, like, you know, this is happening, we've... We've DM'd him, you know, we've sent him an email with details on, you know, how we're going to help him with his visa, like all this sort of stuff. So it's... Uh, that is quite good. So I it's like genuinely that. happening. That's good football there. Yeah, but you see, then you go, wow, amazing. Um, yep, I had one. I really liked uh, Football Victoria, Football Federation of Victoria, FFE, for those who are on brand. Or just Football Victoria, FFE. Is it actually? Yeah. Oh, shit. Either or. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um... Again, 30th, 30th episode. Yeah, interchangeable. They changed the location of their rewards night. And it's like a week, two weeks away. And yeah. I'm like, how can you like... Like, what happened that a function venue at two weeks out went, no, we can't have a function there? And it seems to be a very semi-professional change. Oh, that, yeah, we're going we... out to like an Essendon car dealer or something. For well, it. no, it's like a hotel out in Essendon. Well, and they changed it from 
Docklands, wasn't it? Is it yeah. some sort of snazzy thing in, in, in Docklands? And it's now at Hyatt Place, Melbourne in Essendon Fields. And you go, wow. Yeah, it's not it's not really Great. putting Melbourne on the map, that place, is it? By the airport. Um, so I thought that was a bit semi professional. Branson, yep. what else have you got? Uh, I saw something during the week. It was an awkward goal celebration. So pretty much a player, I can't remember his name or what league it was in or what team he was playing for. Absolutely. Anyway, moving on. So he scores a goal, right? Scores a goal, runs over to the crowd after scoring, you know, jumps the barrier, runs over to the crowd, finds his girlfriend slash wife slash partner. She comes running down and they have a hug, have a kiss, and you go, great, cool, whatever. Beautiful scenes, touching moment. Uh, Turns out, though, that the goal was ruled out. For offside, so as he's going and doing this, the play is continued and play is going on in the background as the guy is hanging out and chatting to his girlfriend and giving her a kiss. And then the thing that's sort of like double whammy, so scored a goal, kisses his girlfriend, ruled out for offside, then looks like a bit of a wanker, you know, celebrating with his girlfriend. They showed a replay, the goal also should have counted. Yeah, great. So, <laughs> so he's, just, he's had he's had an absolute great moment ripped away from him in every yes, way. Yes, yeah, and then he's made to look dumb and then finds out that he shouldn't have looked dumb in the first place. I don't know about counted. I don't know about celebrating with the girlfriend though. Like I get it. Oh, it's interesting, yeah. But you know, you're out there with 10 other of the boys and I'm assuming this goal was scored on a Saturday. Absolutely no idea. Saturdays are for the boys. I don't know what day it was, so... But, like, I don't know. Like, I don't think... Like, your girlfriend, while she supports you in all of your endeavours in life, she doesn't put in a mean through ball that you can get on the end of and actually score from. You know what I mean? Like, like, there's ten other people that he has shrugged... Right. ...in order to go and celebrate with this person who Mm. provides emotional support, but not, like... Assists, right? And, you know, you you got to get the assist in there, right? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm single, by the way, everyone. If you didn't know, <laughs> someone playing a mean through ball. Again. Yeah, exactly. Um, I had one Salford City coming back from four nil down. Saw that on uh, Twitter, I believe it was. Um, late comeback from four nil down. I love a four nil. Like I remember it was the Arsenal versus Newcastle United one where Czech Tiote scored in like the ninety second minute. Uh, many years ago. That was like my first foray into 4-0 comebacks. Yeah. So every time so I see great. a 4-0 comeback now, it makes me happy. And I think you're pretty shit if you leak four goals in general, let alone like in 80 plus. Yeah, accurate. So that was one of my semi-professional ones. Bran, what have you got for your last one? Uh, well, I've actually got a two very quickly though. So first one I saw was... Uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic playing for LA Galaxy. Uh, there was footage of him in the wall defending a free kick. <laughs> it's such and good then there's like, by him. There's like one of his teammates, a, a smaller teammate, walks over to sort of like join the wall like on the end and Zlatan just pushes him out of the way. He just shoves right. him. And, I don't know. He didn't say anything, but he just sort of shoves him and says... He need to say shit though. That's but it's almost like he shoves him and says, just no, mate, like get out of my wall. Like this is not about to happen. And you just say that and you go, well, that's pretty good and the dude just you know so he walks over he gets shoved out by Zlatan and then you go well great now what I've got this feeling that we're going to find out in like 10 years time just how much of a prick Zlatan is like he's kind of got this boyish charm about him now and throughout his career but like if someone pushed me like that I'd be fucking livid well he's definitely got a lot of prick about it but I think the biggest thing though is like he sort of backs it up 
He does, but like... Like, he scores outrageous goals and he's done it for big clubs. He's done it on big stages, you know, you so like... You can say the same about Trump, mate. Like, like no. yeah, he's a shithouse, but he no. became president. Oh, like, but you know that's what I mean? so different. Result does not justify the means. No, nah, but he... No. Nah. The end product does not justify it's the means. It's a terrible metaphor. No, you're a journalist. You should have some argument for this. Go uh, on. Uh, Go no. nothing. Nah. Donuts. No. Nah. Because otherwise, otherwise, otherwise the podcast oh, will go, go for hours. Anyway, here so the go. other semi-professional thing I saw, you mentioned the NPL Victoria gold medal night. Tickets are $200 for that. Are they 200 I said that to you on Saturday night and I didn't check they the price. I did. I checked. They are actually $200. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. Okay, so $200 is absolutely fine if it's a night full of entertainment, food and booze. Like, that's that's fine. Like, that's what you would go and pay for, like... Actually, no, you would pay, like, 120 to go see the National. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Like, 200 bucks. Yeah. Bloody hell. Anyway, moving on. Um, Will picks on Bran. My favourite segment. Um, So, for those of you who don't know, Bran has seen, like, no movies. Like, just a cripplingly scary amount of no movies. Um, And I like to pick on him for it. So... Branson, what the sort of format is here, in case you've forgotten, which I'm sure you haven't because you have nightmares about it all week, is I'm going to say a movie, and if you haven't seen it, you have to tell me what the movie's about. Right. So you have to come up with a a storyline that is what you think that movie's about. Yeah, okay. So, Brokeback Mountain, have you seen it? Absolutely not. Oh, I have not, I don't know. Brokeback Mountain? Yeah. You can ask a question, and I'll give you a, a clue of the genre or something, or like an actor in it. Is it not... Like a cowboy movie or something? It is a cowboy movie. Yeah. So so go on. What do you think what do you think the synopsis of Brokeback Mountain is? Uh I don't really I don't really know, other than I believe well, apparently I was correct in terms of like there are horses in it. So Brokeback Mountain, I don't know, it's some guy who You see there's two two tangents that we could have here. Either, like, he went horse riding and he fell off. You know, what's the movie where the dude gets his arm stuck in a rock for 127 oh, hours? yeah. I think 127 hours yeah, is yeah. the film. <laughs> okay. I've, so, it could be sort of like that, where, you know, cowboy rides off on this mountain and then falls off and breaks his back and then they have to, you know, like, race to find him while he's alive, so you know? a literal broke back mountain. Yeah, literally. Um, otherwise, I don't know where they they go on it and it's the mountain that just, like, breaks men or whatever, you like, you oh, go yeah. there, like, only the men survive riding your horse up and down this mountain, you know, in a sort of initiation style. So it's style. a big western kind of film. Yeah, you know, mate, lots of I, dialogue. Yeah, and... but I don't know, so... Okay, so, essentially, it's Jake Gyllenhaal and Heath Ledger, and yeah. I'm really concerned... I've heard of have... one of them. Yeah, I'm concerned you haven't seen, like, every single Heath Ledger film. Um, but, uh, essentially, they are two cowboys in America, and they, they go on, on the road together, pretty much. Um, and, and they fall in love, and it's a it's a sort of a, right. It's a uh, homosexual love story between two men in a society that probably doesn't, you know, it's not very like it's not an easy easy society to come out in. Right. Um, so, is there a mountain involved? I mean, love is a mountain. Is it? Yeah. Great. Uh, I mean, there's definitely mountains in it. It's, <laughs> it's not as literal as they go up a okay. mountain and one of them breaks their back, but there yeah. is a mountain in it. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't say it's the main character. Yeah, it features. The main character is probably more um, love and being oneself and the impact that that can have Great. on you and people around you. That's Great right. film. Yeah. Um, so, Bran, I'm going to have an easier one for you. Yeah. Twister. Mm, believe I have seen it in like year eight in high school. 
Great. Go on. What's it about? Uh, well, this quite literal, isn't it? Like a tornado. It's yeah, just a tornado. Great. Rips, good. You've done it. You've got... it, it rips through a town and, I don't know, they study tornadoes or yeah, something. And then there's a cow or something in it. And, yeah, it's all yeah, over it's, it. It's not, the, uh, it's not the worded synopsis of it on, like, IMDb, but no, you've got close enough. But Large Twister hits town. They study Twisters, so they I still go... think it's a shit name, Twister. Like, not the movie, but, like, the fact that Americans call them Twisters. I'm just like... Bro, it's like a meteorological event. Like, just call it by what it is. Don't call it a fucking twister because you can't grasp the concept of a term to describe something. But that's what it does. Oh, but in the same sense that a clock twists. Yeah, well, I'm... You, don't, I'm you ref- don't call that a hand pointer, do you? Yeah, I'm going to, from now on. Bloody, you don't call that like a... Yeah, I've got nothing. Um, You get to redeem yourself as well. One last one. Random flag. Yeah. Laos. 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 That is, it's got a white circle in the middle, it's got a thick blue band in the middle, and it's got a small red stripe on the top and the bottom. Beautiful. Done it. Nailed it. Well done, Branson. Um, things that we liked. Yep. I'm going to kick this one off. The New South Wales NPL final, Arpia versus Sydney United. That was so good. Yep. Um, the A lot of people were sort of having chat about it, but the production quality of it as well should be called out, where... I think they had the right number of camera angles. We get it in the NPL. The commentary is like really distorted and kind of gross. You almost cannot listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got a really nice viewing angle in this stadium. I think it was the Western Sydney one. And it's the audio quality is great. Um, and I just thought it was brilliant. So that was great. Um, yeah, really happy with it. Lovely. All for it. Um, makes the second division look more likely. And if there is a second division, it's not such a golfing class from the A-League, you know, in terms of production quality, at least. Yep. Um, Bram, what have you got? Uh, I've got a few. So I think we both like this, but the Hume City fans that we saw at Oakley, like, they were good. There was a whole bunch of them. Uh, Pretty well behaved. Yes. Like, unless you think flares are bad behaviour, which I think they're not, but... Yeah, well, there's the flare... Flair was let off outside the stadium on the way out. To be fair, Hume did not score. So had they scored, the Flair probably would have been let off inside the stadium. But, you know, yeah, nothing too nothing too crazy. I just thought it was good to see a whole bunch of fans there. And, you know, they were pretty loud, pretty passionate, loud the entire game. So quite liked that. Uh, another thing that I liked was uh, Union Berlin promoted to the Bundesliga. They got their first win in the Bundesliga. They beat Dortmund. So if you don't mind... Promote not a, that, not a small scalp to get. No, absolutely. Up you go and you you beat them, and it was amazing scenes because the stadium was absolutely packed. It was jam cracker full of people. Sea of red, absolutely fantastic. Uh, very interesting stadium where Union Berlin play as well. So it's got a twenty two thousand person capacity. Of that twenty two thousand, only four thousand seated. Yep. So, 4,000 people seated, 18,000 people standing. That's great. And that's, that's, that's atmosphere. That's how you get it. Well, that's crazy. I'm just sort of thinking, like, I don't think I'd encountered a uh, a stadium quite like that. I mean, I know the Bundesliga is a home for, for passionate football fans, so there might be a few more stadiums floating around in there. But, you know, you see in... You know, here in Australia, West Bank setting where they're talking about safe standing and all that yep. sort of stuff. They've gone to the next level. And the last thing I liked was just Eric Cantona's speech after winning whatever it was, some award at the FIFA thing. And he just goes and makes a crazy-ass speech. And yeah. ends it with, I love football. And talks about, like, 
life and science and yeah. body well, and he's aging. Quite, and... He's actually quite a um. Uh, well, how am I going to say this? He's quite a cultured human being. He's been in a number of films. He's quite he's quite a strong linguist as well. He's got quite a strong passion for words and poetry, and uh, he's a very good actor actually. He's, like you know, we talk about footballers who go through that sort of shitty transition from post football life into another life. Uh, and he was actually a really successful actor. He's been in quite a few good art house films. One looking for Eric was quite good. Very good. Yeah. Lovely. Not that you've seen it because you barely seen Twister, but you know. Absolutely have not. There we go. Um Bran, yes or no? Yeah, a couple of quick ones. Um are you surprised that Bentley Greg Gully? Hundred percent. Yep. Yep. I'm just from form alone. And we saw in the other game the form was accurate of Oakley going in and winning 2-0 and kind of steamrolling Hume City, who were, you know, in far better form than Bentley. Um, so, yeah, really interesting result that. And I think, as I said before, I think it really kind of just makes Heidelberg's job that bit easier next week. But you cannot switch off because the second you switch off, you leave the door slightly ajar and the door can get kicked in by a swift breeze. Mm. Uh, last one, Central Coast's FFA Cup kit. Yes or no? Love it. Did you? Big time. Ooh. To the point where my mate Dan, who was a Central Coast supporter, I said to him, like, if you buy that kit, I w- if you buy me that kit, I will wear it. Happily. It's such a lovely kit. It's got everything I want in a kit. Love it. Fair um, enough. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of part two. Join us back very quickly. Part three, we are going to preview the elimination finals, give our matches around, everything along those lines. We will talk to you in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to part three, the preview section of the podcast. We've not got a lot of games because we're at the pointy end of the season. Branson, elimination finals, Saturday, two o'clock, Avenger Park in Parkville. Avondale will host Oakley. Oof. Big Big game. Very big game. Who are you tipping? It's very interesting because... Oakley, for mine, are, you know, we're looking at form off the park and everything and, you know, momentum and all of that. Cannot look past Oakley for that. They've just been unbeatable over the last, you know, couple of months. So I'm looking forward to that for the prospect of if Oakley win it, I won't be shocked. But then also Avondale on their day, they made the final last year. Yep. Bit of heartbreak. Atone for it this year, maybe? The script is written. I think realistically, whoever wins this one is probably going to be favourite for the final the next week. Um, purely because I think it's a harder path to get through. What are you thinking? Are you quietly optimistic? Are you sort of packing it a bit? Um, I don't know. I, I think Avondale will win, but I really would not be surprised if they didn't. You know, like, Oakley are good. Oakley have been very good for an extended period of time. And they're, they're humming at the moment. Like, they are. And, like, we sort of mentioned it before where Avondale, you know, in a few big games this year, they just haven't got it done. Uh, this is the biggest one they're going to have to face, you know, because they've already, you know, had to deal with the FFA Cup loss, had to deal with not finishing on top of at the end of the regular season. You know, this is the last chance that they've got to win something. So it's going to be, going to be massive. And I just... 
I don't know. I'm 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 tipping Avondale. I reckon they will win two one. However, I really, 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 really think Oakley have a very, 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 very good chance of winning it. There was a lot of words yep. there that. Yep. So I um, liked it. Great. No, you're very sure of yourself. Um, Saturday. Are we at night for this game? Yep. So Saturday, Heidelberg will host Bentley. Um, but it is at the JL Murphy Reserve, not at Olympic Village. Yep, home of the Port Melbourne Sharks. Yes, Which, Olympic Village is getting renovated, so I believe their pitch has been torn up at the moment. So it is in no fit state to be played on. So. Yes, um, it's a good ground. That yeah, absolutely love it. As the sun sets in the background, you start yep. to see the um, the the light kind of shine against the city skyscrapers. Beautiful ground. Yep. Um, that is on at 6, I believe, or mm. kick off at about at 7. I'm not really sure. It sort of says on the event. Anyway, it's in the evening. Ugh, look, I can't look at this fixture with any other lens of Heidelberg winning quite com- comfortably. Maybe a 2-0, maybe a 3-0. Um, I just, I, I can't, I, I don't know what, I don't think, there's nothing I can think of in my head that Bentley can do to revert that scoreline of a uh, Heidelberg comfortable win. What about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you where I'd, I'd, I'd back Heidelberg in this one as well. I think, you know, we thought Bentley would get rolled last week. I think they will get rolled this week. I was, you know, surprised that they were able to get that uh, get the result. So I think that will certainly happen. I mean, the the one thing is, though, Bentley, they're, they're dangerous. You know, so we saw last week, backs against the wall, didn't think they'd do it, they would. So they're certainly capable on their day. Mm. If Saturday at 6pm at JL Murphy is their day, we'll we'll find out. But if it is, they're well, well capable of getting the result thereafter. Indeed they are. Um, we've done a... I mean, we don't really need to do a match of a round, do we? Because, I mean, it, it is there. There is a match of the round, there's just less matches. It's Avondale locally, isn't it? Yeah, would have thought so, but they're both. I mean, it's the semi-final, grand final spot on the line. They're both going to be crackers. Do we bring back George for this one? We might have to. Or are you afraid of jinxing Avondale? No, nah, we'll bring him back. We'll do it. Yeah, please. That'd be great. Um, there are also some WMPL and some NPL two, um, East and West finals on. We just haven't seen nah. them published yet, so we just don't know well, what they are. So we'll tweet them. Well, there's no NPL two finals because they've got the last game of the season coming up. Yes. Uh, but the MPLW, yes, they haven't confirmed the times and the dates for the finals, I don't believe. Yes. So we so will we'll tweet, tweet them. that. Yeah, we'll tweet them. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a pleasure for the 30th time this year. Branson, I can't believe we've made it to 30. I'm very proud of us. Proud of you for sticking with us through 30 as well. Um, really, really surprised by that. I'm your host. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as at Chambershire. Branson Gibson, you are on there as at Branson Gibson, I yep. believe. And yep. at Gibbo36 on Instagram. Yeah, that's it. Um... We are collectively on there at, at Semi Pro Potty. Woo. Send your hate mail to that, pretty much. We'll get yeah. back to it promptly. Um, but see us at games this weekend. Definitely come to that Saturday afternoon fixture, Avondale versus Oakley. It will be a cracker. It's been an absolute pleasure, everyone, to bring you episode 30 of the Semi Pro Potty. Mm-hmm.